0: And welcome to Enter the Fold, a Shadow and Bone podcast. I'm Caitlin, your host who has read the books. And I am
1: Mandy Kay, your host who still has not read any of the books other than the first one.
0: Oh, we had an email I wanted to talk about. Okay. (sighs) Okay, so um, Justina emailed us. Very nice email. Thank you. I did want to say at the end, you mentioned that English is not your first language, but your email was perfect. It did seem very word-vomity, but like that's how we all are. You know, so don't... Your English was probably better than mine. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> um, so Justino's kind enough to point out something that I did not remember, but, like, struck my brain as soon as I read your email. Um, last week, we were talking about how the Darkling made the Fold and didn't suffer for it. The mm-hmm. Fold was the consequence because he was trying to turn the soldiers into his soldiers, into soldiers for him, into, like, Volcra. And the, and the Fold itself was the consequence oh, yeah. of using Rizos like that.
1: <laughs> right. So it was an affliction on the country, just not on him personally. Yes. yes. Got it. But it okay. did
0: interrupt his plans at the time and cut him and his country off from the rest of the world. And when you have world domination plans, you know, that's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. True story. Thank you for reminding us of that. Yes. She also had a lot of other smart, nice things to say. So thank you. I love it when people say smart, nice things about us. It's the best. Please email us more, telling us how much you like us. <laughs> it's great. So, episode three. Episode three,
1: Like Calls to Like, was written by Donna Thorland and directed by Laura Belsey. I love all these women. Keep it coming, I Love it. Yes. And then we got the most gorgeous title card.
0: With the books? It was very the nice. The
1: books. Like, I don't know why they picked books, necessarily, for this one, but loved
0: them. Yeah, no, I I don't really know either, but it was good. But I mean, I think a lot of the title cards have just sort of been thematic for the season and the feel, not necessarily for the episode.
1: Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, because episode one didn't, like the gate thing, didn't really mean a lot to me for that episode.
0: Yeah, and last, or episode two was just,
1: it was the crows in the yeah. barrel,
0: but that was awesome. Yeah. There's a there's a better... I'm, I'm really excited to talk about the episode five title card with you. It's so good.
1: I think I might now be at the point where I'm going to binge the rest of the season. Because mm. it's getting harder and harder to not watch the next episode. Yeah, that's fair. Like, there are so many questions that I have, and I need to know if they get answered in the last five episodes. So, what question? Well, I don't know off the top of my head. I'm probably going to ask some as okay, we go okay, through the okay. conversation today. I see what you're saying. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we're on the boat. We are on the boat, and I finally understand something that you said last week. The hummingbird. The hummingbird. Like I, th- when you said that, I thought you were actually talking about like a statue of a hummingbird carved into the the bow of the ship. Mm. Yes. Um, but no, you meant the little baby hummingbird on the big
0: ship. Yeah, it's so cute. I'm it so is happy. really cute <laughs> that that worked. Because there are so many times when I've thought about saying something like that people listening will understand, but you won't. And it just it's never like come up or worked out the way that I want it to. <laughs> so I'm glad that that one did. It did. 100%. Um,
1: I love how terrified Elena is of flying.
0: Yes. They cut out something else later, like one of Sturmhund's, uh inventions that she really did not enjoy in the books. So I'm glad that they had her really not enjoy this.
1: Okay. So thematically the yeah. same yeah. for her. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, Yeah, that was a really quick scene. And then we immediately moved to Jesper and gas.
0: We do? Oh, we do. Yes. Oh, one thing that I wanted to mention, just because of the way that the hummingbird works, is that I do wish the show had focused more on Sturman's, like, his one true, very inventive idea, which is using Grisha and non-Grisha together to create something like that. Mm-hmm. And that that was just, that's his whole thing. That's why he is different, mm-hmm. you know, because he doesn't care who's what or whatever. He's just like, everybody should work together. That's yeah what will make us stronger and have us have these new ideas that I don't know. I wish they'd put more focus on that. That's all.
1: They did visually, just not yeah. Yeah, with exactly. the dialogue. Because they did, they showed, um, oh, what was his name, Ku- Kuvo? As the the wind guy who was making the sails go. And then they like really focused in on the engines, mm-hmm. um, like the camera did. But you're right. They didn't say anything about it. And then later, of course, he talks about, or I guess really, more Mal says again um, when they get to the spinning wheel about how there's Grisha and non-Grisha there, and
0: yeah, so it's kind of I of think they, tried. Yeah, they yeah, they, I, I think tried, they applied. and maybe maybe that's more in the later books. Okay, when you texted me last night about the whole him being a prince thing, I I almost texted back, yeah. The next book is called King of Scars. <laughs> <laughs> why would i know that i don't, why, know. I don't why, know why
1: would i know that and why would even if i did know that would i think that that had anything to
0: do with no who, at true. the time my base, i only know a sturmhan my base like, they reactions. didn't give it to everything as always just to be a sassy <laughs> bitch though you know so <laughs> that's fair that's fair
1: yeah, the only reason I knew that this guy's name was Nikolai was because you've been talking about Nikolai
0: since last season. You never and brought it up the in the first couple thing. episodes, though, when, when they started calling him Sturmund. I was like, is she going to ask about the Nikolai thing? And then you didn't. And I was like, hey, we're moving on.
1: Well, I was just like, well, they'll tell us eventually because I know that's what his name is. Oh, yes. So.
0: <laughs> Anyways, we're jumping ahead. Yes. Uh, Jesper and Kaz. Putting, uh, Jesper met Kaz for putting them all in danger.
1: Yeah, I love that Jesper is willing to call him out. Because uh, even right now, like, Inej has been wounded, Nina got shot, mm-hmm. like, they're they're falling apart, and Kaz is still, like, laser-focused on Pekka. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jesper is like, this is not cool, and Kaz is like, I thought you liked it this way. And, like, they're both
0: very bitey at each other. So this is like the first of about, I don't know, a million scenes this season where I think the actors and the writing does them kind of perfectly as the characters, like it's wonderful, but because they've taken them so out of context, they just don't work. Oh. Or at least not as well as they did. Because by this point, when Jesper gets like snipey at Kaz in the books, they've been through much more together.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and there's mo- and and then it it like culminates and th- there's so much going on between the two of them and but this is just there's nothing else about this. This is like yeah. I don't know. Again, nobody's doing a bad job. I just think it's the wrong place. Yeah. There's like two more scenes like that in this episode alone.
1: I think for me it's not Felt as viscerally as it is for you because you know more specifically about their relationship. That's fair. And the way they've written this is that we are coming into a relationship that has been ongoing for years and years and years. And so there's already a lot of backstory that has built the trust that they have with each other. And they haven't done a lot to confirm or deny that. I think there was something last episode maybe where Jesper says that they've only known each other for year or two
0: well we talked about that so i i, I don't think the only thing uh, i remember jesper saying is to Weiland when he said like my working relationship with Kez is complicated or something i forget the exact yeah um, i think he was going to
1: answer the question when they got ambushed yeah maybe um but they the the show has done for non-book readers the show has done a really good job of setting you into the middle of a relationship and not telling you one way or the other how long it's been and allowing you to assume that the trust that they seem to have has been built over many years Mm -hmm. like it almost feels like Kaz Jesper and Inej have known each other since childhood the way that they've written it for the show
0: right they haven't I know well I know (laughs) from
1: talking from talking to you yeah but I'm saying that's why for strictly TV watchers the scenes that don't land for you will probably land for us.
0: That's fair. I guess I just miss the nuance. like, a, And yeah. not just in this scene, but in a lot of scenes. And yeah. it's not even really this scene per se. It's like uh, Kaz and Jesper's whole relationship.
1: Okay. I didn't like, and I, I don't know why we didn't talk about this last week, but I didn't like that Jesper called it a working relationship.
0: What type of relationship do you think they have? Like, what do you think they mean to each other?
1: I mean, it's very brotherly. To, mm-hmm. That's that's how it feels to me. You're trying very hard not to say something. I'm right trying now, so you?
0: hard. <laughs> no idea.
1: <laughs> okay, well, let me cut this uh, part of the conversation short and say. Then we get another one of Kaz's flashbacks um, of young Kaz crying, laying on top of dead bodies, as Wylan is telling us about. When they ran out of room to bury people, mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I have some, I have some theories now about, and we can talk about this later if you want to. We we love jumping around, don't we? We do. I I do have a theory about what happened when Kaz says Pecker Rollins killed my brother. Okay. I don't think Pekka Rollins actually killed his brother. Like, didn't shoot him or stab him or, like, send somebody after him. I don't think that's what happened.
0: Mm. Do, do you want me to confirm or deny?
1: No, Okay. I don't. But I'm just throwing that out there. Based on what we saw in the flashbacks in this episode, particularly the final one. Um, yeah. That's not what I think happened.
0: So, anyway.
1: Based and how what- hands out a...
0: Sorry, just based on what you've seen, would you still blame P.E.K.K.A.?
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Okay, He stole all of their money when they didn't have hardly any anyway. So but I don't I don't know enough yet. Right. This is just me extrapolating based on the little teases the show is giving me.
0: Yeah. I will say I wish all of the flashbacks gave us a little more. And this is about like through the whole season, because again, and this is true of every crow's um storyline in this season just all the nuances gone <laughs> and all the little details that make everything land in the book anyways land really emotionally and hard they've had to cut for either time or and maybe we'll come back to it later because they certainly didn't show everything in the flashbacks but okay. I just in everything this season with the crows especially I feel like the nuance is gone. Not that it's but but all the scenes that they do are good. Right. You know, like I don't know. Whatever. I just wish I can tell you more.
1: Yeah. I can tell you that given as much as I am enjoying the show mm. and hearing you talk about all of the things that are missing, it really really makes me want to read the books. Yeah.
0: Maybe we'll just have to do it.
1: <laughs> so, Kaz hands out assignments. Mm-hmm. Jesper and Wyland are going to investigate a so called glass factory in Applebrook where there are no sand pits. Mm-hmm. Kaz is sending Nina to the fights at Hellgate to get a message to Matthias. Mm-hmm. And then we get the important flashback this season um, of Kaz's brother choosing to invest all of their money, all of the proceeds from the sale of their family's farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, investing that money with Pekka and Pekka promising uh, a multitude of returns. Yeah. Um, although I will say that Kaz's conversation with the little girl that he's playing with in this flashback is a little too on the nose because she's doing like the the three thimbles. One has something under it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that game. And then he finally figures out that it's in her hand and he goes, it's a trick. And she's like, well, of course it is. The game wouldn't be any fun if it wasn't. Like, w- while Kaz's brother is having this other conversation with Pekka. And so that just feels
0: a yeah. little a little on the nose. I do think that that was their attempt at some of the nuance that they've removed. Because okay, I, I, I'm going to go into it a little bit here. In the books, it really showcases more how much uh, the older brother, whose name is Jordy. Um, how much he really wants to do this, how, to, how how much he really wants to take this easy out and how a young Kaz, even then, is like, I don't know about this. This doesn't seem right. Mm. Okay. Yeah, no, we've got none of that at yeah.
1: all. And then we've got Bagra in a cage.
0: Bagra in a cage at the Darkling, like, lurking outside as though he's nervous to go talk to his mom. Like... <laughs> right? It's crazy. That cage is tiny. That is utterly
1: inhuman. She had more room in the cave behind the waterfall than she has in this cage. And more privacy? Yes. Like, I'm low... I'm going to say low-key annoyed about this, but it- I should be outraged <laughs> because it's, like, inhumane. <laughs> yep. But you you know what I mean. What I like about the scene is that Bagra... And-, and we got bits of this last season, but this is the first time we've actually had them have, like, a full-out conversation that's not... Hurried or rushed or, or whatever, and she very clearly outlines the mistakes that she knows that she made in raising him. Mm-hmm. And I like that she does that. I hate that it took her centuries to figure this out, but at least she finally did.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't really have anything to add to that. They do have some really good conversations here. I like anytime these two actors get to interact. They do a good job.
1: They do. They they play really well off of each other.
0: Yeah. And, I, and I'm glad she pointed out a point that I made in the first episode, which is like the Darkling accomplished nothing in keeping Grisha safe. Like as yes. soon as he was gone, it was, it was gone. Every, and yep. then his real dream is power, not not mm-hmm. love.
1: A hundred percent. And then we go back to the hummingbird and we probably get one of the things that made you very happy in this episode. Mm-hmm. Tolio wants a hot bath and a book of sonnets. Oh, yeah.
0: He's so good. So, oh, okay.
1: <laughs> I mean, it was a blink and you'll miss it kind of line. But I think because you've talked so much about the type of person that he is that I I I caught it. And I was like, oh, that'll make Caitlin happy. Yeah.
0: I do. Um, I do love warrior nerds. Oh, they're the best. Because like two minutes later, he's taking down some vulcra. It's great. Right? It's
1: the vulcra attack was very nice. Mm-hmm. Not you know like the way it was filmed, the CGI, all of that. Like it was a good fight, good action sequence. It was a little bit too dark. Like I had to turn all the blinds off in my living room again so I
0: could see it. <laughs> but it, it's in the the you know darkness as it's a in place. The fold, so place. yeah. So that's true. it makes sense. Yeah. Um and I'm also very impressed with the special effects this season. I as much as we were all disappointed with the sea whip and how small it was. Yeah, Everything else is great so far. Oh, I agree.
1: Um, Even the Volker attack this season feels better than the Volker attack last season.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. And you really get to see the Volker. I feel like we never got a good look at them. Uh, It was
1: creepier that way. Yeah, I guess
0: that's true. So
1: right before the Volker attack, though, Alina does try to destroy the Fold. Like this is her big moment. And Kerrigan is in her fucking head. Mm-hmm. and she fizzles out and can't do it. She's remembering that he harnessed her power and made her believe that she can't do it on her own, and then she passes out. So she she does, misses the Volker attack.
0: She does do that very conveniently whenever they're in the fold. Right? And they need it to feel dangerous. <laughs> they're just like, yeah, we'll have her pass out for a minute. Yeah. And then they crash land in Eastrovka. And
1: are quote-unquote greeted by First Army. And then my notes in all caps, Sturmhond is a prince. Like, I immediately texted you last night when I watched this. Yeah, it was like, was, what was fun for the me. actual fuck?
0: I wrote down, and I think I've stolen this from Tumblr, but Nikolai has his Perry the Platypus moment. I don't know what that means. And he takes off his, je- like, he just has his, like, prince outfit that matches the First Army outfit on under his... It's just like, Got oh, it. I'm a different person now. Oh, yeah. And in, um, in, I will say in the books, when he is Sturmhund, he has a heartrender make him look completely different. Oh. And I. Yeah,
1: I was wondering, like, how do people not know who he is? Yeah. Like, his face is recognizable. And they do, they he mentions that whenever he's like, dude, you don't recognize me? I know it's been a few years, but.
0: Yeah. Uh,. He he has, like, red hair, and his face is different, and he, he has, like, a tailor to make him look different when he's Sturmund. And I believe in the books, his parents don't know that Stermund and him are the same person. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, Stermund on his own, got a privateer license from the king. Okay. So, I do
1: have a question for you here. Um, well, first, before I ask you my question, I have to say I love, 100% love that Alina punches him for lying to her.
0: Did you watch that? Link that I sent you to what and told you to watch. I have after? not
1: watched it yet. I was gonna oh. wait and I was gonna do it, but then I, I had I, I was running late and and I had to clear a path to get in here. That's <laughs> you right. saw the picture I sent you. It's a
0: so it, no, it's I a good blooper from the punching.
1: Oh, I, oh, I can't wait. Um, so yeah, I love that. But if the crows weren't in the books, right? Mm-hmm. How did the whole Nikolai meeting Alina thing happen? Because he wouldn't have. Sent the crows after her. Yeah. Like how or do I just have to wait until I read the book?
0: So the first half of book two is completely different. Like how okay. they how they get to the Sea Whip. Like Sturmund is involved, uh, but it's very different. Okay. I I want you to be surprised when we read the book. Okay. All right.
1: So yeah, that's that was just one of the questions that I had about yeah. The book differences, not necessarily the rest of the season, but... You um,
0: shall see.
1: This is probably the most shocking moment of the season so far for me.
0: Oh, so something that I have ranted about a lot in our spoiler episodes that... uh, So, like, this might be a little repetitive, is that they cut out any mention of him from season one. Do you remember when we were reading the book and during one episode I said Mandy didn't bring it up so I... Can't say anything?
1: I feel like you've said that a lot of times, but Oh, sure. well, <laughs> that's
0: fair. Um, it's, there's a scene in the book where Alina and Jenya talk about the younger prince and where he is and what's going on with him. And they cut out all mention of a younger prince from season one. Mm. And I was like, but then he's well, just going to come out of nowhere. Like, what? I so- think that's
1: part of why I was so surprised, because I was like, she lived at the palace, and yeah i feel it, like she would know who all of these like who the royal family is i again he looked different and like right but he didn't hear which maybe he why they did that, that. Yeah, maybe you know maybe that's why maybe. they did that but
0: i just i hate when thing when a big reveal like that happens and there was nothing beforehand like mm-hmm. Literally, how did nobody even mention a second prince in the first season when she is, again, like you said, living at the palace, talking about yeah. the royal family a lot, mm-hmm. have, talking to them, having political conversations right, the, and at, the younger prince just never even comes up. Right. And like at the ball in front
1: of them, like, yeah, surely somebody would have said, why isn't the younger prince here? Yeah. And yeah, it's it. I get it. Yeah.
0: So I just hate that there was. No foreshadowing for it at all. But he's, um, But uh, although that is why I like that they made him having been the person to hire the crows last season, because at mm-hmm. least it makes it seem like he was involved somehow. Right. Got it. OK. Yeah. Then we
1: have a quick scene back wherever it is that Kerrigan is. I don't, mm-hmm. I, don't I don't know where this is. Um, I have no idea on. either. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get a voiceover of the crazy tidemaker telling people what their assignments are and Jenya is out searching for other grisha survivors or what have you and comes across david in the woods this is that scene where i said in the trailer yeah is hugging some random dude in the woods and you're like no i think that's david and it was 100 percent david yeah um what i don't understand about this scene is his reaction to seeing her is, Jenya, this is a pleasant surprise. As if he's just on a stroll on a Sunday morning when he's clearly been through some shit.
0: Yeah. Although I, don't, I will say he, he catches on to what's happening with the Darkling real quick right here.
1: He does, absolutely. But just his reaction to seeing her, given that last episode, she had like tear. Her eyes were filled with tears, talking to Kerrigan about how, like, asking, there's been no word, right? Like, she is deeply, deeply, emotionally upset that he might be dead. Mm-hmm. And their reunion in the woods, instead of being this, like, joyful, oh, my God, I can't believe I found you. You're
0: alive. It was, Jenya, this is a pleasant surprise. I do think, David, like, like the criticism is, is real because the show doesn't get this across. But I do think that that is how David would show emotion, like, okay, y- you know, like that that rings true to David for me. That on the inside he's like, holy shit, but on the outside he's like, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. They okay. If if you like the character
1: that David is in the book, then I feel like they did him dirty in this episode. Because mm. I'm not a fan of David. Like he comes across as. Very much a coward, although on—I mean, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We're not there yet. This is just. This is where we are. Jenya finds him, tries to get him to leave before Kieran sees him because she's terrified for everybody's life. But as you said, he catches on very quickly and shuts her up because Kirigan is right behind her. Yeah. Yeah, that's the whole scene. It's a very
0: quick scene. And then we're back, and then it, oh, we're we're back with uh what I wrote down is very. Not helpful, but I think we're back with Alina.
1: Uh, we are for, well, it's not really Alina. It's Nikolai talking to the army leader dude. of the, the first army dude. Yeah. Um, he's getting an update on his family. Right. Um, the, the king is not any better, so his brother Vasily is taking charge of the first army, and he's using them like playthings and sending them against the Grisha everywhere. Nikolai asks about his mother, and he finds out that they've just left Another place called Os Alto? That's the capital city. And are heading for the spinning wheel. And Nikolai is like, well, shit. Vasily is going to hate it when he gets there and finds out that it's a sanctuary for Grisha now. And uh, that's when the other dude is like, well, if you guys get on a bunch of horses, you can get there first. And then they leave. Yeah. That's the whole scene.
0: When they brought up the spinning wheel here, this is when I had my first doubts about what was happening this season. Oh, no. They don't go to the spinning wheel until book three. Oh, okay. Yeah. Definitely doing some changing. We've got a little bit more of book two left this season, but we're almost like, we're, we're basically just skipping over the second half of book two. Hmm. Well, that'll It'll be it. interesting when I go to read
1: it and I'm like, what the fuck is all this shit? Well, that's going to happen
0: on like page two. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> Somebody's going to show up and you're going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs>
1: all right and then we jump right into kerrigan talking to david about his afflictions from from merzost he gives him maritsova's journal mm-hmm. and poor david he didn't even get a chance to shower or comb his hair or anything like he just brought him straight in from the woods and put him to work i didn't even think about that that does suck like and it's very clear because the next scene that we have with David when he is actually working, mm-hmm. like his hair's been cut and combed and he's dressed much fancier.
0: Right. So like, yeah, he had a chance he, to settle in.
1: Right. So like, Kerrigan literally brought him in from the woods and immediately was like, you got to fix me, dude. So
0: I guess that's just how much he believes in good old David. Yeah. Is, at one point in this conversation is the Darkling says if Alina had survived. And I just don't understand why he thinks she's dead. Like, I I just don't understand why. I know we talked about this last episode, but what?
1: Well, so I think they think he's dead because they left him in the fold. And he thinks she's dead because he left her in the fold.
0: He didn't. He didn't leave her in the fold, though. They left him. He got brought away by Volcra and they escaped because they had Zoya on a skiff. Right. But oh, Zoya, that's
1: her name. <laughs> Could not remember her name, yeah. um, but they were in the middle of the fold. So, and he knew that Volker was actively attacking. So, I, he doesn't he didn't have any confirmation that she did or did not get out.
0: Sure, but then why wouldn't he have been looking into it? Why? Who? Yeah, why? Do I know. I know. It doesn't make any dead. sense.
1: Look, I try to be really generous about this stuff. You know that it's what I do. Oh. Um,
0: and then I think we're at the spinning wheel. Um yes oh they have a quick conversation on the road they do and this
1: is where he explains to her why he did what he did a prince is a songbird in a gilded cage basically well mm-hmm. not basically that's word for word what he says um but as a privateer he's free to do other things because all he wants to do is to help the people that he loves um this is where he tells her that he was responsible for hiring Kaz. Mm-hmm. Um, not to actually harm her, but to bring her back to East Ravka because East Ravka
0: needs her. Well, that doesn't make sense because no, she was at he, got, the he got her. I think at the time he wanted her away from the Darkling. I think that's what oh, we're supposed to think, and okay. to get her on her own away from away from politics in general. Yeah, but now he tried. He was trying to find her this time to get her back to Eastrovka. Yeah,
1: that makes sense. And then we see some. Familiar faces from last season.
0: Well, not so familiar because Natty has been recast, but yes.
1: I'm really glad you said that because I could not remember her. <laughs> yeah, no, Natty has been <laughs> I was recast. Like, I don't know. like, she sounds like she knows, like, I should know her, but I don't remember this face. And then I did recognize Zoya's face, but I could not remember her name. My, my note says, I cannot remember this chick's name, but I like her. Yeah, I like Zoya too. She's my favorite um i love that she admits that she was just jealous that's why she was mean last season
0: yes i love it too i like a part of me is like you could have gone into more of how you were actually manipulated blah, 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 blah. like you were a victim of the darkling too but like soya would never say all that to alina so her just saying i'm jealous is or she was jealous was perfect yeah. or sorry at this point would never say that to alina anyways I, I love them together i want them together in every scene thanks
1: it It was nice. It was great to see them together. Um, it was entirely too quick of a scene. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I loved that Zoya winked at her before she walked away. Like I think there's also just a thing about ladies winking that I like a lot because Nina winks sometimes too.
0: yeah, but Nina, her like default state is flirting. yeah, like her and her and Jasper are just that's what they do all the time.
1: Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Um, didn't expect it from Zoya, but I liked it.
0: No, I, I didn't expect it from Zoya either. It's a little strange, but, you know, she, but that's fine. Like, I love Zoya because she's a bitch. Mm-hmm. I hope they don't take that away from her. I
1: don't, you know, I would, okay, so I don't have any basis for saying this at all, mm. but I tend to think that characters who are bitchy mm. aren't super bitchy around the people they care about. They're just bitchy to the rest of the world.
0: I don't know if that's true about Swaya. She's a bit oh. harsh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Maybe bitchy is not the right word, but she, like, um, d- do you mind if you know whether or not she lives or dies? It never occurred to me that
1: she wouldn't live, so I don't Great, think I want to know. Great,
0: wonderful. So she's one of the point of view characters in the King of oh, okay. duology. okay. And... Uh, Lee Ardugo has done some interview or said in an interview once that she had to be really careful when doing Zoya's point of view because she had been such a bitch in the in the trilogy and she didn't want to lose that. she just want but she also wanted people to be able to uh you know relate, relate to, her. to her yeah, yeah. and and okay. so it was really it was like a difficult balance to keep to not soften her but to also kind of soften her mhm. Yeah,
1: I can see that. Yeah, thing. Here's where I admit that, and and this has probably been clear to anybody who has actually read the books. I don't remember most of the first book. I remember the TV show. I don't remember yeah, much of the that's book. Fair. So, <laughs> I'm probably going to have to reread it at the end of the season before we start doing book two and three.
0: Mm. I mean, crows aside, the the TV show was pretty close. Okay, like it's it still hit all the main, other than the difference between. Point of view because
1: the book is all just Alina, right? Yes, yes. Um, and so things happened in the show that we wouldn't have known about, that we so, couldn't have oh known yeah. about. So
0: the crows and they made Mal a better character. Like, not oh, just. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, because we got his point of view. Like, there was a whole episode that was mostly Mal's point of view. And, right. And, and just. And like all getting, we
1: got in the book was, I miss Mal. Why won't Mal write me? Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, I get it. Okay. So I'm going to go back to Kaz the Matchmaker. <laughs> Um, Kaz the matchmaker <laughs> it's yeah, well, not he's, in, in this scene he sends Jesper and Wylan off together right? come on he does, he does. and then he does. you know he, he sends um, uh, Nina off to talk to Matthias he's such a little oh, matchmaker enough, This is, I will say this happens a lot more in the book when they all have to separate he's like yeah Jesper and Wylan you go Matthias, Nina you guys do your thing oh, Okay. Okay. Yeah. He's- I Really love this whole scene
1: with Jasper and Wyland. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it starts out wonderfully, like they're breaking into Pecker Rollins' estate, and Jasper chooses that moment. He always chooses the best moments, doesn't he? Yep. He wants to know why Wyland didn't tell him that they had met, and Wyland's just like, "Well, you didn't remember me." And then we get this line from Jasper where he says, "In my defense, it was dark, and when I woke up, you were gone." And like yeah. that gives it a whole new layer that I did not expect because I would have expected Jesper to be the one who left.
0: It's hilarious that Weiland you say that, up. and you will know why later.
1: Okay, yeah, I think I I, I loved it. It was it was is it great. And then we get into the whole, um Wylan has to improvise that he's a piano tuner,
0: and it is brilliant. Yeah, that's good. I I will say we this is I guess where we get like. The confirmation that they have slept together before. Mm-hmm. And I saw on Twitter, I did not note down who it was, so I cannot give proper credit. My apologies. Somebody say, like in the first episode, when Wyland said, we've... Uh, and then she was like, we were all expecting him to say we've met before, but actually he was going to say we've fucked before. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that why you asked me what I thought he was going to say? That is indeed, yeah. <laughs> and I just... That is not how their relationship goes in the book at all. So this was a surprise for book readers also. Oh wow. Okay. So it's funny. Oh interesting.
1: Okay. So yeah, uh Pecker Rollins is hiding a child at
0: this country estate. hmm Um The I... good news is you've been spoiled for the end of Crooked Kingdom, but not by me, by the show. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Nice going show. <laughs> I
1: absolutely adore the way that Jesper both realizes that Albie's the one who cut the piano string. Yeah, that's good. And he also fixes it using his
0: new-to-us Durast
1: powers.
0: Yes. Um, somebody on Tumblr pointed out, apparently I have I have no knowledge of music, that the key on the piano and the note that plays when, when Wylan <laughs> hits it are, don't match. Oh. <laughs> So either the show that. messed that up, or Jesper did not get that um, the piano chord back quite right.
1: Given that Wylan was able to beautifully play a piece of music, I'm guessing the show messed that up. Yeah. Dude, Jesper's face when Wylan plays. So, so you
0: like you like Jesper and Wylan, huh? I do! I yeah. do. I don't know why. Don't
1: the know great why. magic
0: in Six of Crows is that somehow Lee Bardugo gave us a cast of six characters. Paired them all off romantically, and it's not cheesy. <laughs> and you tr- and I don't know... S- and you buy it? You buy it, and I don't know a single person who doesn't enjoy, like, the canon romances in Six of Crows. Like, nobody, nobody really wants it to turn out a different way. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's some sort of weird magic. Because almost anything else, if there was, like, an even number of main characters, and they all, like, paired off, I'd be like... Why? That is so dumb. Yeah. But it just works with them.
1: It does. So let's go to another one of those pairs. Yes. Kaz and Inej. Dude, she is so pissed at Kaz. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. As she should be. Um, Also, she has a beautiful new set of of knives.
0: After she just got a new set of knives (laughs) from stealing them. Yeah. But I guess she left them, like she threw them at the dude and needed more. I don't know. Yeah. These are better than the ones that she stole, I think. They, they all kind of match, which I like.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: but um, she's
1: she's super pissed because he is putting all of them in danger and will not explain to any of them why. And he's just expecting their trust. And she's basically saying, you're not trusting us, so why should we trust you? Mm-hmm. And then we get this scene where her arm starts bleeding again from where she got cut by mogan's last episode Mm -hmm. so she takes her outer shirt jacket thing off and so she's basically sitting there in a tank top but apparently that's so much skin that poor kaz cannot help but be embarrassed by it and he has to turn away so he doesn't look at all that beautiful anesh skin
0: have you figured out what his deal is
1: no because you might notice
0: there's a stark difference no i won't say anything
1: i won't i won't put it It's fine. I was thinking about it again in this episode because of the scene at the Dregs Club, but I still don't know. I don't
0: get it. That's uh. So this scene is they do it wonderfully. I this is inspired by a scene, I guess. Inspired by a couple scenes by them, but mostly inspired by a scene in Crooked Kingdom. And yeah, they do it great here. Um, but it's so out of context and without nuance. Again, it wears hate how much they do good scenes. Oh. <laughs> but don't put them in the right places. Yeah. Because, like you just said, you don't know why Kaz is having such an issue here.
1: Yeah, no, I have no idea. Yeah. I'm just like, oh my God, is he clutching his tiny little pearls because she's showing skin? Like, that doesn't fit any image of Kaz that I
0: have. Um, that is sort of the great. Uh, int- uh, paradox I suppose of cass mm. that he's so violent and yet so nervous about some things yeah I don't want to say nervous it, I mean he's got some PTSD shit okay um, but what happens next I
1: absolutely love in the scene I texted you about this too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she is trying to clean her wound and this is literally right after she has just dressed him down for like not trusting them and Finally, he just says, Pekka Rollins killed my brother. Without any hesitation whatsoever, Inej looks at him and says, then we destroy him. Yeah. That's all she needed to know. She didn't need to know details, didn't need to know anything else. She is with him. Pekka Rollins hurt him and his family, so she wants to hurt him back. And I loved it. It was amazing.
0: I do like that, too. Yeah. It's good. Um, So
1: then he does come all the way into the room, and he tries to help her with her arm, which is apparently very hard to do when you're wearing these thick-ass gloves. Um, he tells her to look for Mogan's tells, and she softly asks, do I have any? And she does. And then she asks what his are, and he says it's his limp and his cane, but it turns out that's just because that means nobody's ever smart enough to look for the real one. Mm-hmm. And then they get so fucking close to kissing before Nina interrupts.
0: Interesting that you think that. How could
1: I not? Did you hear the music that they were playing in the background? I suppose did I did. you see, see this... the tension building up as their faces got close and they just
0: stared in each other's eyes? This is so interesting. I would never have thought they were going to kiss there. But again, it's the book. Yeah, that's fun. I like that for you. I mean, Nina thought it too. Yeah. And
1: that because Inej is like, it's not what you think, believe me. And Nina's like, well, I was just thinking that he's shit with first aid. And then she laughs and winks. And I want more of Nina and Inej together.
0: I do love Nina and Inej together. That their friendship's the best.
1: I expect it to be the best and I want more of it. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't have it yet. I just have a few really great scenes and a few really great, great quips, right? I mean, because it's only two episodes that we've really seen them together. mm mm-hmm. Um, but I want more, 100%.
0: I do, I do. Me too, man. Yes. I would read a whole book that was just Inej and um, Nina on <laughs> weird waffle-filled adventure together. Oh, yes. Yes. I would read that book or watch that show. They could talk about their annoying, significant others. So
1: um, I'm assuming, and we probably talked about this last season too, but I'm assuming that Inej and Kaz actually end up together at some point.
0: That I can't answer that. You kind of already have. Have I? You, you don't know how the book ends. That, you're right. You're right. I said that they're paired off romantically. I didn't say anything about happy endings. Or
1: well, Just because they end up together eventually doesn't mean they stay together eventually.
0: See, this is what I'm saying about a lack of nuance in the show. Um, <laughs> I mean, you'll, you'll see how it all turns out. Just just because two people like each other doesn't mean it works out. I know. I
1: know. There are so many, so many shows where my ships just don't go right. And then we get Kaz going to the Dregs Club to recruit. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, is it
0: Per Haskell? Is that his name? Per Haskell. And the name of the gang is The Dregs. The Dregs. He tells
1: them to kill this
0: barrel rat. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Kaz proceeds to kick all of their asses. Another scene that they did perfectly, but so out of context. <laughs> like, perfectly. I, I I love everything about this scene, except for the fact that it exists at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I don't know what to think about that. Um is it just that it exists in Shadow and Bone and should exist in, like... This is the end
0: the of six... Kaz's story. Oh, wow. Okay. This is, like, the near the end of Crooked Kingdom. Like, the whole Crow's story... Well, not the whole, but a good chunk of the Kaz's story is the end of Kaz's story in the books. Oh, wow. Okay. And they, they've cut out so much character development that he goes through beforehand, and that the rest of them go through beforehand, that I'm just like, what what is this doing here? Like it's so good. They did this so good. I love it. But why is it here? Okay.
1: I obviously um, just
0: wrote down the line from the book which is dirty hands had come to see the rough work done. And he does.
1: Oh, that's very different than the line that I wrote down.
0: Mm, what did you write down?
1: My leg. <laughs> oh, yeah. I recommend a cane. That's that's good too. <laughs> that's good. That was that was great. Um The other thing I noted is that Kaz looks really good this season. Like, in season one, he always wore a hat. Yeah. And in this season, he's hardly had one at all. And he just, he looks so fierce and so, like, I don't, sometimes almost
0: deranged. Yep. Um, Love it. Freddie Carter was born to play Kaz Brecker.
1: It's it's fantastic. I love it. He also, it makes him look older this season than he did last season.
0: That is another thing that I do miss. Like, I has in the books is 17 yeah you know and i think that that plays a lot into his character because i feel like an adult even with the ptsd and and as we learn about his like childhood trauma and all that if it's an adult you could kind of think jesus buddy get over it but in the books when he's 17 Mm -hmm. and it and it and the childhood stuff didn't happen that long ago really it's so much more visceral that makes sense yeah but but i understand why they like it it makes, for a TV show, it makes more sense for them to yeah. not be teenagers. I understand.
1: Then we go see Creepy Mogens in his taxidermy workshop.
0: I love, love, love that they had Inej come here, and he has the mask off because mm-hmm. it makes him seem more vulnerable. In the way that she felt very vulnerable in their last fight, and yep. she is back in her like outfit, all buttoned up, and looks perfect. Mm-hmm. I love Inej.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. My note here is this fight is awesome too. Dude, that slide and cut that she does. Mm-hmm. Oh, chef's kiss. It's perfection. It's beautiful. I probably would have left him to bleed out instead of just killing him outright the way that she does.
0: No, Inej killing him was the right choice to make. For for the, for the who Inej has become. Okay.
1: I mean, I, I wrote that I get that she needed to know for sure that he was dead. mm mm-hmm. um, But if there are other reasons
0: no they haven't no, been th- clearly this, communicated <laughs> this character doesn't exist in the books like mogans mogans that's okay. just somebody they've made up for her to have somebody to fight which i love okay. i love it. it i don't have a problem with it um i just mean that that that's anish's whole thing right that she was this young girl who got kidnapped into a really bad situation and the only way out of it was to become something worse
1: oh that's right in season one she wouldn't kill yeah uh i, I had forgotten about that. So to clarify, I'm not saying that I don't think she should have killed him. I'm just saying I would have let him suffer. Oh, I see. I see. Um, By bleeding out instead of
0: killing him quickly. I think it was the right decision for the show to see that it was an active decision that she was making. Yeah.
1: And it's also the second time that she's made a reference to the saints don't dictate my life. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is... A development in her character from where she was at the very beginning
0: that mm-hmm. we've seen so that is that is also nice yeah
1: and then we go back to the darkest house on tv
0: <laughs> so this is where the darkling like learns that Alina's alive but he has no reaction about it right they're just like she's there and he's like oh do we know what happened like <laughs> so there was also no point in her thinking she was like none of that plot makes any fucking sense
1: yeah no it really doesn't
0: absolutely it does not like, Darkling would have a—if he truly thought she was dead, he would have a reaction that she is confirmed to be alive. hmm Even just a moment where he's like, yes, I can put my plan back into action then. Like, something. Yep. Anyways, then he cuts off his mom's finger.
1: Right? Seriously, that's my note. He goes to see Bagger to ask about the Firebird. All quote, all caps lock. He cuts off her finger. Yeah. Just because she told him that he was afraid. Guess she got a little too sassy and it pissed him off. Well, it's true. I mean, of course it's true, but that doesn't mean he should have cut off her finger. And like I thought, doesn't for an amplifier to work, doesn't wouldn't she need to be dead? I don't I don't Because Hmm. Until Alina chose not to kill, like and even even still she didn't get the death blow on the stag and it amplifies for her, so until that happened they have all always believed that you have to have the killing blow, the death blow for the amplifier to work for you.
0: I agree with you. And maybe this is actually... A bu- okay, so when in the first season, the Darkling acts as an amplifier for Alina. Mm-hmm. Right, and he's alive, obviously. That's true. And, and they just get it from, like, holding hands, or maybe there was some blood involved, at least the first time when he cut her arm. Yeah. Um, so... And that that's from the book, so maybe this is a. I, I don't remember if there was an explanation about why that would be different with human.
1: Okay. Uh, especially, I mean, he, well, never mind. But he did say that Moritzova used finger bones as amplifiers, but yes. it's unclear whether or not he just used regular old finger bones, or if he used dead people'
0: finger bones that he killed. So I can go I don't ahead know. and say, and this I think is just me speculating because it's the only thing that makes any sense that if a human is an amplifier maybe all amplifiers are like this it's just more difficult with like wild dangerous animals you can use it to a degree while they're alive but killing them and and, you know making them a part of you literally Mm. you get more because otherwise the darkling would have just held Alina's hand in the fold ah yes that's true okay That's what I'm going to say. I don't know if that's true. But it's the only thing that makes anything in this story make any sense.
1: (laughs) Anything in this story at all. Yeah. Um, David is rightly freaked out by the Darkling cutting off his mother's finger. And Mm -hmm. goes to Mm -hmm. Jenya, Jenya to tell her about it. And that Alina is in East Ravka. And... Even though David says, what we did to her was horrible, Eugenia is like, yeah, but we owe it to her to tell her what Kerrigan's plan is, so we should go, so they decide to leave. Yes. And then we go back to Nikolai, telling Alina and Mal about all the places the First Army has been attacked. And all signs point to it being Kirigan and Alina confirms it, because he is the only one who can do the cut, and... Some soldiers have been cut in half.
0: I like that she reacts to the fact that he's alive. You know, like, she's all, "Oh shit. But also, she's not surprised, which lends credence to my theory that she was just kind of lying to herself. Yeah.
1: I also really like here that Alina acknowledges that just like she had to learn her newfound power in book one, Mm -hmm. that now that she's got a second amplifier and her power is different— she still needs to learn how to use it. Right. Um, So I like that that is the first thing that she says before they start talking about the firebird. Mm -hmm. And then Nikolai proposes a proposal.
0: Yeah, that was my next note. So when you were talking about that, even though I just rewatched the episode, as per always, I was like, I have no memories of that at all. Usually my just going, "Mm mm-hmm, is being vague. But this time it's because I don't remember that at all. It's gone from my head. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> um, I found myself surprised here. Um, not only that Nikolai came up with this idea, mm-hmm. but that Mal also thinks it might be the best
0: option. They've changed Mal so much. He would not have said that in the book. Oh, okay. I do have to say here...
1: You know how much I have complained in season, sorry, episode one and two at how they have no chemistry? Yeah. Their kiss in this scene, short as it
0: was, had some heat with it. Maybe that's their, maybe that's what works for them, you know, less is more. Maybe. Um,
1: And it was also very much, I don't know, I think Mal is growing on me as a character, this season more so than before like he's becoming less of a trope and more of a
0: character I care about well I will say I do like that all three of them had like a really calm adult conversation about it here Mm -hmm. like even Nikolai was like I know you two have a thing and we don't actually have to get married we just have to pretend Mm -hmm. so I, I do like that on all of their parts because in the book it was this whole plot point was a lot more, you know, 2010s YA. Mm,
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: And uh, I mean, the
1: book, turn it into
0: an actual love triangle. More so than the show. But the problem is not the problem, but like the book has things that the show doesn't obviously that was a stupid thing to say um (laughs) but in regards to they've cut out so much of book too it's difficult to talk about because you're going to be so shocked when we read the book um that it's just it's it's just a completely different thing okay
1: we'll talk about it when we talk about the books yeah Genya is arriving to the ruins where David is so they can leave, but Kerrigan has followed her.
0: It's so weird he... to me that we don't get any of her sneaking out or anything. Like, there was no tension. Mm. It was just immediately, no, it's bad. Yep. Um, this is
1: dark. He won't let her go, and he sicks his voya on her. Mm-hmm. And it sounds horrifying. I'm glad we don't see it. We just hear it.
0: And Daisy Head does some really great acting here too. Like she looks fucking terrified. Like I Oh, she does. In so everything she's
1: had with him, yeah. she's looked absolutely terrified. Like sh- her her entire countenance is different than it was in season 1. Yeah. Like it's almost like she's a different person, but she's not. I mean, she it like she is because of all the shit she's gone through, right? Mm-hmm. But um she's very good at getting that across.
0: Yeah. She she does great here. I hope she has a long and good career after this cuz I like her. Um,
1: this is the scene that makes me say that David is a coward and I don't like him.
0: I thought you would say that. I don't mind it. I think it makes sense because I think at this point they're acting as spies and sometimes spies got to make the hard choice and he's got to get that information to Alina.
1: So, yeah, so on the one hand, he's got to get the information to Alina, and also it's the Darkling, and he knows he can't stand up against the Darkling. Yeah. But on the other hand, I'm a fucking hopeless romantic, and the woman that he supposedly loves is screaming in terror and pain, and he just cowers and covers his ears with his hands before he decides to run away. Yeah. And I can't reconcile those two things just yet, and so... Maybe I will later, like if he actually makes it to Alina and I get to see him doing good things,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I might change my mind about him. But right now, he's definitely on the
0: wrong side of my opinion. That's fair. I I didn't mind it in, in that way. I yeah. I thought it worked, and he knew what he had to do. Yeah. Um, I also
1: noted here that Kierrigan gets dark lines on his face when his Nichi Voya attack. Like, it's not just his scars. There's, like, actual darkness flowing under Uh, his skin. Interesting. Um, But it was kind of quick. They haven't... They focused more on the Nichi Voya than they did on Kerrigan here.
0: I'm so intrigued, because, like, in the the trailer, and, you know, people have conversations about this in the show, there was such a uh, point being made of the Darkling having this unkillable army. But, like, they don't ever seem to go that far from him. Like, it doesn't Uh seem like an army he can send out. So I'm just like... Well,
1: in the first episode, they did go pretty far away from him. Like, they went all the way through that camp to destroy the soldiers.
0: Well, that's true.
1: Um, They just haven't needed to go further away from him in the other scenes that we've seen.
0: It just doesn't seem like an army, you know? Like, when I think unkillable army, I think, like, at least a dozen. Right? and I think it's what like two yeah
1: <laughs> um and then we
0: get back to Jesper and Wyland, mm-hmm. which is very different vibe than very different vibe I will say in this scene what Jesper says this isn't your fight for me I was like that is a really great point why is Wylan here without the yeah. context of the book what what does he care about all this I still have no idea
1: yeah None. Like, he just kind of appeared out of nowhere and is suddenly here. Um, it feels like he's decided to stick around because Jesper's there and they have a history.
0: Maybe that's why they changed that. You um, know, they decided to have them already be together, kind of, or already have been together in order to have Wyland have a reason to stick around. Yeah, because we have
1: no idea how Kaz and Wylin have met. Um, and what kind of relationship they have with each other. And to be why fair, Wylan Wylan do doesn't know because... either. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Only Kaz knows. Um, yeah. So in this scene, they decide not to tell Kaz about Alby because he's just a kid. Mm-hmm. He's like a, a hell demon kid, but he's just a kid. Yeah. Um, and I don't. I don't remember exactly the conversation that Jasper and Wyland have after that, and I think it, it was talking a little bit about why Wyland is there. Um, and Wyland does this like flirty "now you're stuck with me" kind of thing and walks away, and Jasper goes, "Actually, you're
0: walking away for dramatic effect."
1: Yeah, and it's just so adorable. It's
0: so adorable. I do like anytime. As I've mentioned before this season, anytime TV writers point out the tropes that they're using like that, that's, mm-hmm. I don't know, that tickles me. I love it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's
0: and very... Mylan is very adorable in this scene.
1: Yeah. I so think it's cute.
0: difficult for him not to be adorable.
1: That's fair. Yeah. Then they discover that Kaz already knew about the boy. Well, he didn't know about the boy, he guessed. Yeah. Um, all because Pekka Rollins renamed the Crow Club to the Kalish Prince. And in Kaz's words, Pekka would never see him as anything other than a king. Mm-hmm. So he wants to know the boy's name. Jesper tells him and Wylan is horrified. Um, and then he like pleads his case with Kaz and he's like, he's just a kid. He didn't choose who his father was, blah, blah, blah. And we get the... Important flashback. Well, the second important flashback here, and it's that they've returned to get their money from Pekka, and Pekka has left that country estate. It is empty. And then Wyland says that he won't help with hurting a child, and Kez is all like, well, you don't have to hurt anything. I have found a weapon to end all of this. And Wyland's like, what's that? And then Kaz turns around with the most deranged look on his face as he's still got, like, you know, blood on his face from fighting the drugs. Mm -hmm. And he just says, suffering. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean?
0: I couldn't tell you, honestly. It
1: does not make a lick of sense. Maybe it will later, but... I don't know. You've seen the rest of the season and you're still saying you don't know. So I don't know.
0: I'm, uh, maybe. he. I No, I don't. I have nothing. And then we go to Hellgate. Yeah, we do. Which is so removed from anything that's actually happening. I mean, they try to sort of bring it around at the end. Yeah. But this is like a full two minutes of just Matthias shoveling some some shit.
1: Oh, it is not. He just
0: did that for a little bit.
1: And then he discovers the wolves.
0: I am so curious about his friend. Like, what did he do to get locked up? What is he doing there? I want to know more about this dude.
1: Oh, he's probably like some heinous murderer who found faith while he was in prison, right? I mean, that's basically what he says, that, that he found the faith there because of his former cellmate. But oh. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm so I curious mean, ha- about this dude. Yeah. And then Matthias gets entirely too upset that they have wolves in cages. Um, And he's upset because apparently wolves are sacred to Jell.
0: Yeah, that's the name of his god.
1: And that's when the other guy clues in, oh my god, you're Druskella. Which you would think that they would have talked about that before, but didn't. But then the powers that be come in and demand a replacement fighter. And even though... Young, old, scrappy man. Sorry. Small, old, <laughs> scrappy man. I meant young. small, not young. Young, old. <laughs> small, old, scrappy man volunteers. They're like, no, we're taking the giant. And in that moment, Matthias really is a giant standing next to this other man. Yeah. Um, and Matthias is like, no, no, no. I don't want to fight. And he's like, well, then you're going to die. So, yeah. he He goes out there, does not plan to actually fight. Like, just kind of lets this guy, this very small dude who's apparently a cannibal maybe so it says uh... yeah so it's tattooed on his back um but those tattoos are from the prison so it's probably what he's in for i don't know i don't know and then um i think matthias gets fed up at letting this little man hurt him and then he decides no i can't i can't do this and he wins the fight Mm -hmm. Uh, and nina
0: shows up to watch
1: and Nina shows up to watch. The, the guard that she's supposed to see to get a message to Matthias won't help her until after the fight because Pekka Rollins is at the fight, uh, foreshadowing a little bit. Yes. And um, Nina sees him, gets his attention. He finally hears her, stops and looks at her for a split second and then continues walking. He is so pissed at her still. Which I, I get to an extent, mm-hmm. but like, dude, she keeps trying to get to you. <laughs> like, let's have a little bit of consideration and at least listen to her. Um, and oh my God, her face, when she's just got, like, it lights up with hope when he looks at her. Mm-hmm. And then it just falls away. Yeah. And then Pekka's goons take her.
0: I do like how they, you know, tied this back into the story that's going on. Mm-hmm. With, with Pekka goons, Pekka's goons taking her there. Yeah. Uh, although then he says, you know, he makes this threat to her at the end of their conversation where he says the next fight is to the death or he'll make sure the next fight is to the death. I'm like, wasn't wasn't the fight he was just in? Like, wasn't that kind of a fight or situation? Like, it was just a weird thing to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, but I don't think he killed the other dude. No, but that he's... dude would have killed him. Yeah, no, that dude absolutely would have killed him. So, but I
1: mean, I, I assume Pekka's saying that he would change the rules to make it so that one person couldn't leave unless the other person was dead.
0: I guess that's, it, that's how I interpreted I, sure. it. Sure,
1: it just seems weird. My note here is she caught Pekka's attention and now may be about to betray Kaz, though, of course, we all know she won't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why do you know that? Why, what does she owe Kaz? Well, Absolutely she, doesn't, nothing. she doesn't owe Kaz anything, but she's one
1: of the crows in the books. And those all take place right, later. Right, but this is all
0: the end of Crooked Kingdom.
1: <sighs> well, then I don't know. I don't know. That that was my note that, of course, we all know she won't. Mm. Um, I know she's very torn. You could see it on her face. You could, yes. Um, I am assuming she's not going to have to because Kaz is going to win against Pekka.
0: I guess you'll see.
1: I guess I'll see, because I, I don't know the answer to yeah. that. But that's my assumption,
0: based on how 2010's YA novels are written. <laughs> I mean, Six of Crows was 2015, 2016, I think. I don't know. I genuinely don't remember what I thought watching this. Okay. Like, the first time, before I knew how it was going to play out. Oh, okay.
1: Okay. Um, Then we go back to Kierrigan, the crazy Tide Maker,
0: whose name I can't remember. No, it doesn't matter. She's just crazy tidemaker.
1: Um, tells him that the journal is missing and they think David took it Kerrigan is pissed this may be the most emotion we've ever seen out of him like he cries like legit cries here yeah but Um, it's kind
0: of weird yeah so is this where he destroys a bunch of stuff yeah 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 Yeah, he like
1: screams and like shoves all the stuff off the table and then sits down with his little bloody cough rag in his hand and he's just like super distraught like tears like so upset they, um, and it's, I
0: just want to mention that they do also talk about using Jenya as a uh, an example, and it was ugh, just nice to know do. that Jenya is alive.
1: Yes, when Jenya regains consciousness is what and yeah. I, I breathed a huge sigh of relief because I legit thought she died in that scene. Yeah, um, so I was glad that she didn't, um, but I have no idea what that attack has done to her and if she will be the same when she does regain consciousness. Guess we'll
0: see. We shall.
1: Um, Somehow, and this doesn't make any sense at all, um, and because the show knows it doesn't make any sense at all, they used some hand wavery camera tricks on us. Mm -hmm. Um, He somehow figures out how to see Alina through his hand wound, the bridge that was between the two of them. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, I complained about this last week, but earlier in this episode, David mentioned, oh, there's still a shard in there infecting you. So the entire thing didn't come out. So Uh-oh. I'm glad they said that. But through his hand wound, like he figures out he can see her. Um, I'm pretty sure that he thinks he's a romantic. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'll be waiting for you with open arms. Yeah, that's not creepy at all. And then we find out that this is not just a fucking vision because he physically snuffs
0: out the candle next to her bed. When he what went the to fuck l- is happening there? When he went to lick his finger, that was like Yeah, I thought grossest. it was going to go somewhere gross. Yeah. Was so bad. I did not enjoy his face, his manner. No. No, no I no. like that both of us went there because yeah. I legit
1: <laughs> thought he was going to like lick his finger and like swipe on her skin or something. Or like something weird, her. yeah. Yeah. But then he just snuffs out the candle. But holy shit. This is a fucking, like, vision, and he's physically able to alter her room? Like, yeah. she can't do that. Like, that's some shady shit, and I don't know what they're going to do with that.
0: Don't remember if it was that case in the books. I just, I, I straight up just don't remember. Yeah. We will find out after this season.
1: And then apparently um, the the whooshing noise of him disappearing back to his own version of reality is enough to wake her up, combined with the snuffed out candle, mm. um, because she suddenly wakes up when the closed captioning on my screen says whooshing noises. Um, <laughs> she throws on her very flimsy white robe over her very flimsy white pajamas, and then I walks out into the hallway with how, um
0: like wh- people secret. are just hiding out in this place, and they have all this fancy shit. Like, what? <laughs> what is happening? Where did it come from? What? I get it. It's a
1: high. It... I mean, but it's, it's also. I mean, it's, it's the prince's invention workshop. I mean, it's it's very much taken care of as part of the the prince's world.
0: It was not like this in the book. Carry on. Okay. Okay. But yeah, so
1: she goes to see Nikolai and knocks on the door. He opens it, and of course, he's half dressed. Like, oh my god, you can see his chest. Oh, we must be so concerned. And she blushes, and then she's just like, <laughs> I've made my decision. Credits. Fade to black. (laughs) So, obviously, her decision is that she's going to go along with this proposal.
0: Do you want me to respond? I don't...
1: It's up to you. That is my takeaway from this episode, is that she's going to agree to it, um, largely. I think because Mal was so supportive of the idea, Mm. and then also simultaneously supportive of her, no matter her decision. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, at the end of the day, it is the best decision for what she's trying to achieve. I think it's the only interesting writing decision, honestly. <laughs> like Also that. It's a book, like, so we else? have to do the thing. Yeah, like what else happens here? Yeah, They just go on looking at maps and talking about it? No, there's got to be some interpersonal yeah. drama.
1: I'm really, oh, yeah, because that would make it, oh, I'm really looking forward to meeting Vasily and seeing the confronta- con- confrontation between Nikolai and Vasily about his persecution of the Grisha and so for him to come home and find out that his little brother is now engaged to the Sun Summoner like there are going to be some
0: sparks I will say I do dislike that they've taken out Nikolai's sort of political machinations from this because in the book he I don't know if this is a spoiler but it doesn't really come up so I'm just going to whatever in the book he was very much like yeah my brother's an idiot I want to be king so and he to, never
1: said, I want to be king, but it very much came across that he believes he could
0: rule better than his brother. Yes. He, okay, great. He talks very about s- at the book. And his his like marriage to Alina was part of that. He was like, oh. they won't give a shit about my brother if we get married. Oh, I don't like that. Well, see, I do because Nikolai does care about Ravka. It's not that he doesn't want to be king so that he can be king. He wants to be king so that he can actually do shit. That makes sense, but I don't want to
1: see him using Alina for his own gain. Everybody in this
0: book is using Alina.
1: I know, I know, but I don't want him to be that way because I like him the way they've written him in the show very much. Yeah. Um, You know, because initially it did feel like he was just using her to get money, right? But now Mm -hmm. that's not true. Like all of that was an act. And I like. That he was just trying to get her so that he could make his country whole again, and that he could help his people. And this I is like the this same reasons, of him. same reasons. But it's, it's not though. It's not. Not. He wants to help her fix his country. He doesn't want to marry her so that he'll get political support. Mm. Like, but he wants like the political support
0: there. so that he can fix his country. That's. <sighs> You're not wrong. You just don't but like it.
1: I don't like it. Yeah, and that's that's they fair. they have different outcomes in my head. Like the reasoning, like the ultimate reason is the same. But his relationship with Alina is different in both scenarios. Mm. And I only like one of them. And he did very clearly say, even though he never said, I want to be king, he very clearly did say in this episode, things are going to change when my brother gets here. I promise. Oh, okay. Like, he's going to confront his brother about making some changes and not persecuting the Grisha. And I don't know how effective those are going to be, but I feel like they set it up very clearly that he disagrees and feels like he would be better at leading than his brother. He does feel that way, yes. <laughs> so, I'm just saying that for non-book readers, the show did a good job
0: at showing oh, good. that. Good. I'm i am glad. That's it for episode three. MVP?
1: The Piano Wire. <laughs> because it got us to Wylan playing the piano and us getting to see that look on Jesper's face, which was beautiful.
0: Do you like them better than Nina and Matthias now? No. No, okay.
1: Okay. I guess they're just No, but it's there's so much darkness that I have to like
0: cling to any little bit of light that we get. No, that's fair. I just thought uh I just thought maybe you had a new favorite, but I was wrong. No, no, no. Nina and Matthias all the way. Gotcha. Uh, my wow. favorite is definitely, or my MVP, is Kaz beating the shit out of everyone.
1: <laughs> I almost picked Kaz's cane. Right, yes. Because yes. he used it to, to beat the shit out of everyone. But then I was like, that's a little too serious, so I'm going to go with the piano wire. But no, I totally get it.
0: I I also I do appreciate how much they had him use his cane in the fight and showing it as an asset of his, not a uh, whatever the opposite of an asset is. Liability. Liability. There we go. That's good. (laughs) So
1: I have a question for you, another question, and you Mm -hmm. may or may not actually answer this question. Mm -hmm. Um, You asked me earlier if I had figured out what Kaz's deal is yet. Yeah. Will I be able
0: to? Are they going to tell me this season on the show? Like, yes, but I, I genuinely don't know how it comes across to somebody who hasn't read the books, right? Okay, okay. I, I don't know. So
1: it may come out of nowhere and be, like, completely out of left field or...
0: No, I th- I think they've set it up well and I think they show it well. But again, that's because I already know it. Okay. So I, I, I genuinely don't know if they could, did a good job. Okay.
1: Well, I guess we'll find out when we get there. Yeah. So, yeah. Next yeah. week, episode four, and I will... Pro- well, I'm not going to promise because I always fail when I promise to do things um, on this show, but it is likely I will have watched more than just episode four by the time we record next week.
0: That seems fair. I'm impressed that you, you know, didn't this long. I I absolutely would would not have. I know. I know. You have no self-control. I have zero self-control. That's why I have a goat sitting
1: next to me. I have like 3% Uh self-control, depending on whether or not I've taken my ADHD meds because that makes a difference
0: yeah, i just have um, me and my goat god i want a goat is your gate goat
1: is your gate is your goat named milo yeah of course yeah it's Milo. okay that you didn't you, okay well i was just like did you give him a different name to oh no he, he, has a,
0: he has like a collar with a name take oh, that okay. says milo on it milo okay so he is milo and he's got milo a little a crow on one of his hooves It's mm-hmm. so cute and then his collar says no mourners no funerals I am
1: really concerned about the last episode of this season because it's called No Funerals.
0: But the last season of season one was called No Mourners, so they might have just been closing the loop there.
1: I really appreciate you pointing that out. Yeah, yeah well, Because that makes me feel better about it. Because generally speaking, if they have an episode called No Funerals, that means there are going to be at least one funeral, if not more. So maybe just now I'm so worried. Doesn't necessarily
0: <laughs> mean someone dies. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you had to okay. guess, like if you thought somebody was dying, as you seem to think, who do you think is dying? Just choose one person.
1: Oh god, I have to choose one person to die. Who I think might die.
0: Yeah. Not not like you're <laughs> choosing them for the Hunger Games or anything, <laughs> but you know.
1: Um I mean honestly, I probably choose
0: Mao. I think it would be Mao. For like story wise, you just think that would be the most effective?
1: Yeah. Because yeah. Well okay. With me still trying to go from the assumption, which I know is completely wrong now, but if if season two is book two and there's still going to be a season three, that would be book three, Mm -hmm. then we would need a new catalyst for Alina to defeat the Darkling. It can't just be three books of all the same. And so it would make sense for that new catalyst to be that he killed Mal. And now that is what's driving her more than her desire to heal the country. Gotcha. I like it. Um, I don't want that to happen. I don't want any of my main characters to die except for the Darkling. And honestly, I don't even want him to die. I want him to be redeemed, but I know that's not possible. I just want him to be redeemed because he's been Barnes, so let's be clear. <laughs> like, the Darkling in the books can go suck on rocks. I don't know. Mm-hmm.
0: Go suck on a There,
1: uh, Yes, very much so. Um so yeah, he can die, but I don't want Vince Barnes's character to die. So that's a whole thing. Um, and I don't want any of the crows to die. Mm. And we're we're still missing a crow, from what I understand. Well, no, um, he's he,
0: it's just Matthias. Oh, Okay. Right. Like, oh, that is all six. Yeah, that is okay. all six.
1: Okay. But he's not actually a part of the crows yet.
0: Like yeah, he's yeah he's in still prison. in jail. he hasn't so, even like,
1: met any of them yet. So like we can't have one of our core five die before matthias even joins
0: this is why it's wild to me that they've put in like that they've done some book ending stuff when they haven't even met matthias yet like it's so weird getting it all out of order Mm, interesting okay so
1: well now i'm just really confused about the whole timeline of nina and matthias
0: i don't blame you because i don't help no,
1: you don't help at all because I specifically asked you last season mm-hmm. about Nina and Matthias joining the crows when they weren't with the crows at all, and you were like, "Oh, this is just background stuff. <laughs> like this is their story."
0: Before, I didn't know what they were doing with season two, right? <laughs> and um,
1: now, if Hellgate is at the end of the crows' story, oh no, how... no, no, no!
0: I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Hellgate is not at the end okay. of the crows' story. I apologize. Hellgate is very much at the beginning. It's all the stuff outside oh, okay. of Hellgate that's at the end.
1: Got it. The pecca stuff. Yes. Got it. Okay. That makes more sense because I was like, how on earth does Matthias go to Hellgate at the end of the Crow story? Yes, no, sorry. Their relationship been more specific. Was, okay. I was confused. Thank you for being willing to clear that up for me. Okay. I appreciate
0: it. That's helpful. I apologize. All
1: right. Before I... Mm-hmm. Where are you on letting me read the six of crows books oh i want it after season two though
0: yes are you sure yeah 100 percent. well yeah but you wanted it after season one so yeah it's true
1: um from a podcast perspective where are
0: you on this so the thing is if they get approved for season three and or the six of crows spinoff at least for season three i have no fucking idea what's gonna happen so we'll both be in the dark Ooh, I like it. Okay, Like, I I genuinely, uh, I mean, I can presume that because of some things that happened this season that they have bought the rights to King of Scars and Rule of Wolves, which I uh, did some Googling and I could not find a proper answer. And and so I can assume that that's the plot that they're going to go with vaguely, kind of, sort of. They've made some changes, so they'll have to change other things, right? But I don't know. They could just be making it up after... (sighs) They could just be making up season three.
1: Okay. All right. That's... So
0: as much as it, they do imply at the end that they're going to do the plot of Six of Crows, either in season three or in a Six of Crows spinoff, mm-hmm. since they've already done character work, it's it's still going to be very different. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, I, we'll both be in the dark.
1: I need to stop Googling things because I get spoiled when I do that. You? What did you Google? Nothing. Oh, okay. Nothing. I didn't get spoiled on anything. It's fine. It's totally fine.
0: Well, let's end the episode here. And next time (laughs) you want to Google something, (laughs) ask me. Right. Yeah. You can tweet at us at EnterTheFoldPod or email us at EnterTheFoldPod at gmail.com. Remember, I'm the only one who checks those, so spoil away. Uh, I'm Caitlin, and you can follow me on Twitter at InferiorCaitlin or Instagram at InferiorKateReads.
1: And I am Mandy Kay, and you can find me on the Fediverse, not on Twitter. I am at K at Mastodon.social.
0: And remember, actually, you're walking away for dramatic effect.